You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. I'm Evan Klosky. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this weekend to get in on the action and conversation. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Okay, Ulysses, it is a Friday, which means we are once again joined by Channel 10 WTSP Sports Director Evan Klosky. Still, still a very busy man coordinating things between the lightning and the rays. Evan, how is it going today on this Friday? Going well. The Bulls came off a, a, a big win last night. They're up two to one in, in their series. And, you know, now that we got Bucks OTAs out of the ways, we're just a, a two-pronged system here mm-hmm. working on um, working with that. But nonetheless, uh, doing well and got an off day here. So let's let's talk some rays. Let's have some fun. Can't say the same for the Rays, considering they've lost three straight games. Uh-huh. Now, thank you partially, Pete Fairbanks. That's what true. happened last night and the night before? Did not say it last week, by the way. The Fairbanks experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, look, I'm I'm willing to die on this hill. I'm willing okay. to die on the hill uh, that a lot of race fans will contradict me forever. I do not trust. Peter Fairbanks in high lever situations. I do not. A guy that can't control the strike zone in a one run game in the ninth inning. I'm sorry. I really don't. I know a lot of people love Pete Fairbanks. He's got great stuff, but for high leverage situations, he's not my guy. I'd love to hear that contingency. The guy and, and he, he wiggles out of a lot of jams. I'll, like I give him that, like the guy is the king of man on second one out and then, you know, somehow he doesn't mm-hmm. give up a run. And then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, you're thinking, man, Fairbanks stinks. And then you look at his stats and he's like, oh, he hasn't given up an earned run yet. Like, yeah. I yeah. could have sworn that he gave up something because I was stressing like three days ago, big time. But uh, yeah, that, you know, I, I appreciate Cash. The guy I was really pissed after the White Sox game and felt like he didn't attack hitters, yeah. wanted to get him out there immediately get the taste out of his mouth from that loss. This is the other end of the coin though. If it now, now it's a, now you just did it twice. Now you amplified the issue. Right. I get it. Look, I get what happened against the white Sox extra inning game runner on second. Like what can you really do about that? But against the Seattle Mariners who have the combined lowest OPS in all of baseball, far from world beaters, I get it's on the road, but uh, if you're going to be a de facto closer or part of that contingent there that is relied upon it, it's funny because his numbers do look very good that he just isn't uh, able to handle that. And yeah, you put the four fingers up, Ulysses, the, the command of the fastball was the issue yesterday, the day before it was throwing too many sliders. So it uh, seems like there's one issue after another for uh, Mr. Fairbanks here. 
four pitch walks to start an inning when you're up by one as the away team, that's just not going to cut it. And so that's my point. I think when Evan says he gets out of too many jams, sure. He, yes, he does. But that's because he gets into jams. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's getting him. He's not the guy that he comes in in the middle of an inning. Not, not, not regularly. He usually is working with a clean inning. So the fact that we know him as crazy eyes and, and the getting out of jams is he's getting himself into jams. He gets a lot of traffic on the bases. You can only be Houdini for a certain period of time. You're going to get stung if you keep playing with fire. I would love to see his spin rates uh, before these MLB sticky substance rules have been implemented to see if things have changed at all with his slider movement and fastball movement and so forth with that. That is a conversation where we uh, we will be getting to later on in the show. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember the last time the Rays have lost three games in a row this season or really since 2020. Even it has been a while that, uh, yeah. that the Rays have done something like that. April and that, I think, I think April 30th. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Wow. This team has been so good that we forget what that normal teams can lose three yeah. in a row. And it's, 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 it's been a bad week overall guys. I mean, yeah. you, you look at, uh, you look at the glass now injury, you look at, uh, you know, having the 40 man gloss, the glass now spot being supplanted by Mike Ford. You look at baseball's entirety and, and, and you look at the Grom's injury. You, you look at two walk-off loss back to back. It's, it's not been a, a great week at, at, as a race fan. And uh, it's, it's, it's not fun right now. Yeah. Ulysses, you're spoiling all my content right here. You just ratted it off in 30 seconds. Thank you very Which much. Which one do you want to uh, pick? Well, let's go ahead and we will get to the glass now. So we'll get to and- all of it in depth and that's the key it's a teaser a little teasy that is that is true uh the mike ford thing so the rays traded for him from the new york yankees they gave uh the rays gave the yankees a hundred thousand dollars for mike ford and he was actually really really good his rookie year in 2019 and it has been pretty crummy the last couple of years could be an issue of just not getting enough opportunities and playing time sort of uh, what's happened with Mike Brasso. But uh, I think we can all say this is a depth piece for G-Man Choi, right? Considering that G-Man Choi has been Mr. Leg knee issue uh, this season and in prior years as well. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, Mike Ford, if, if you're relying on Mike Ford long-term, we got some bigger issues here. Okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> they're moving they're moving glass now off the 40 man and this does provide depth at first base i want to give it up to francisco mejia uh, he made a heck of a play in that white Sox game yeah that, that impressed me at first nonetheless don't want to see Mejia at first very long <laughs> I mean, right. you want to plug him in there as a as a oh crap we need to you know we utilize all our options sure but this is proof that if Choi has to take another extended stay on the injured list, Ford will come up and probably get some spot starts here or there. Um, you know, I don't know the, the mechanisms of his numbers and what the Rays see. Obviously you mentioned 2019, he played what, like 50 or some odd games, right. or 12 runs, something like that, which was promising. Uh, having said that, yeah. yeah. I, I, forget, yeah. I, I forget who said it on, on Twitter. Um, Maybe it was Matt Germain, but uh, comparing Choi's numbers in AAA with Mike Ford's numbers in AAA, very comparable numbers. Very, very similar numbers. So, yeah, depth piece yeah. 
fine, sure. But I don't think we should see a lot of Mike Ford. I, I don't I mean, think he's going to be the second coming of G-Man Choi as far as what he does at the major league level. Um, it's funny, though, that the Rays are making intradivisional trades here as of late. I know they're not major moves, but this one with Mike Ford and then a couple months ago trading Ronaldo Hernandez for Chris Mazza and Jeffrey Springs with the mm-hmm. Red Sox. So it's not something that they totally take off the table. Conspiracy theory here with Mike Ford. First of all, I think, I don't know what his nickname is, but his nickname should be Beefy. This guy is Beefy. He loves a good barbecue, does he not? I mean, he looks like a guy that can, uh, he, he of, knows where the food is Nikki. at the cookout. I think a little Nicky. Say Mr. Beefy. Oh, yeah, little Nicky. What a throwback, man. Oh, uh, that's, a good, that's a good movie. Back when Adam Sandler movies were good. How about that? Yeah. Um, that so that good stretch. Yeah. So Mike Ford conspiracy theory here, the Rays have brought him in partially to be a player, but also at some point to work in the Rays front office, considering he is a Princeton grad and also maybe get some uh, inside on uh, Yankees operations here and there. Maybe he has a little, uh, maybe there's a little scouting strategy that he can provide for the race, but we will see with that. I wouldn't uh, imagine it's probably a, a depth piece and, and hopefully he's uh, not wishing him bad will or anything, but I'd much rather see G man Choi in the lineup than Mike Ford at this point. Okay. Uh, today's episode is brought to you in part by fully loaded shoe. Fully loaded shoe is tobacco free, long cut and pouches that give you the same pack dip, spit and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Uh, It's available in nine flavors. Fully Loaded Chew is made with all the food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Team listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1. So go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout. Again, the next time you go for a dip, make sure it's fully loaded shoe, fullyloadedshoe.com. Okay, guys, uh, let's pour one out for Jacob deGrom and Tyler Glass now. It has been a rough week as far as pitching injuries, especially for, we know Evan's a Mets fan, and of course, this is a Rays podcast. Man, there's a lot of train and, and action. I should not have made this decision to record outside. What is going on here? I don't know if you guys can hear it, but... No, not at all. You're good. Oh my gosh, we're getting all the background noise. Holy crap. <laughs> we're in the city, folks. I'm in Charlotte. Um, so, okay. Tyler Glass now, he lands on the 60-day IL due to a UCL injury suffered earlier this week that he uh, blames at least partially or mostly on uh, the slickiness of the baseball and him really not being allowed to use a mix of rosin and sunscreen. Uh, Big picture here, Evan and Ulysses, and Ulysses, we talked about this earlier on the week, but I do want to get Evan's take on this. Um, What or how this impacts the Rays the rest of the season um, with as big of a hole in that number one spot with, with glass now out. Yeah, I think it's a fairly significant injury as far as the big picture. So uh, in the, in the short term, the Rays will be able to handle this because they have built an entire rotation on three, four, five inning guys and getting through the, 
the muck of it. So I'm not saying that the Rays are going to go into a free fall, though they have not won a game without glass now, you know, since mm-hmm. the injury, they haven't won, which is disconcerting. But having said that the playoffs, when you get there, I'm a bit skeptical of not having that horse at the top of your rotation, assuming by the way, that glass now is not returning. Mm-hmm. Now there are a few examples of players with partially torn UCLs who have done the, 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 the plasma injections and have figured it out and have been able to get their arm back without the surgery. Um, you know, Andrew Kittredge is one of the most recent examples. His, his teammate was able to avoid Tommy John after an elbow injury. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka did it and had a, a very solid career, never had any other injury concerns with his elbow. Uh, Takashi Saito is another dude. So, there are examples of people fishing out of this thing without Tommy John. So, I'll, you know, I want to remain optimistic, but if we're remaining realistic, you know, it, it is on the table. And if you make the postseason and I don't know, Yarbs or Rich Hill are your number one options, um, it's going to be tough. And it's, you're going to be really taxing that bullpen and leaning on, on a lot of dudes pitching in the postseason where all it takes is, is one stinker to really blow up a game there as you know, all these Rays fans know watching last year, this team going through the muck of it and how there is such a thin line uh, with a margin for error. So um, I'm, I'm definitely worried. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm certainly trying to rev up the, Hey, what would you trade for Max Scherzer? Uh-oh. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. He brought up it up. Here. Ulysses. Was... Ulysses is having a heart attack right oh, now. God, up here. He's blowing a gasket. Why, Ulysses, <sighs> do you not want... Why? Why? Okay. Evan is new to this market. Right. Uh, and the Rays do things much differently than some other teams do. No, have, so... and, and let me preface this, okay? Yeah. I am fully aware that this is not how the Rays do business, but it doesn't mean that we should not talk about it. And okay. if this team fully believes that they are a World Series contender, which they are, if they fully believe this could be their year, which it could be, it's something they absolutely should consider, especially when Max is a rental, especially when you should not have to give up the farm to get him. You're going to have to give up a prospect, which is the discussion I hope we have. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's something worth noting, especially since, you know, uh, going into sticky stuff, which we're about to do soon. We're all a bit concerned of baseball happening this I, year. So this could be the last hurrah for two years. I Look, I don't think there is a team in baseball that wouldn't just get better immediately if they were to add Max Scherzer. Every team would get 100% better. I mean, that's a, that's a hall of famer right there that you're adding and, and who is not out to pasture, you know? So yes. Also, I agree with you. The prospects that you give up for Max Scherzer because of the big money that is attached to him and even the hundred million dollars that, that is deferred. Um, yeah. You probably wouldn't have to empty your farm. So I'll give you that too. Well, it's pro- probably in a deal. The Rays wouldn't take the money. I'm assuming that the swap right. would, would consist of, Hey, we'll take on Max Scherzer 
you guys are footing the bill though. You know, most of the bill we'll take, right. you know, maybe, maybe Stu takes him on for this year, but the deferred payments, that's, that's your deal. So, right. Um, and know. so I get that, but the, the, the problem is I cannot just turn a blind eye to the last 15 years where they have never done anything remotely like this. And, and, you know, when, when you can say that the biggest free agent acquisition was a guy who signed for $30 million in Charlie Morton. When you say that the, the biggest trade that deadline acquisition was Tommy Pham, mm-hmm. this is not a team that's going to go for it really. And, and it would be great. I would love to have Mad Max. I, I think with this glass now injury, imagine now this rotation with Mad Max. It'd be insane, but I just do not see it in, I don't know if you guys are Marvel, Marvel fans, but that Dr. Strange says one in 14 million, whatever odds that it happens. I would say that's like around the same odds that the Rays would, would get Scherzer. Evan, I said this, um, if the Rays do acquire Scherzer at the trade deadline, I will quit and end the podcast. I am done. If that happens, that is how confident I am that he will not be in a raised uniform. Now I could, I, I do see, we had a listener the other day, send us a mock trade proposal that involved Sonny Gray. So maybe a guy of that ilk, a Tyler Anderson, a Kyle Gibson, a well, John Gray, something along those lines would be more palatable and more understandable for the Rays. But I, I go back to this Ulysses and Evan, uh, the, the Rays last year made game six of the world series. They were so close, so close. And they, in the offseason, choose not to bring back Charlie Morton and Blake Snell. Like, you, you think about, they just do not look at, uh, we're, we're going to go all for broke to, to win. They're just looking, let's try to win now, but let's definitely try to make sure we have a good team in the future. But I, I, my argument is I don't think they have to go broke. I don't even think mm. they have to they have to ruffle any feathers in the farm system. That's my whole point here. Okay. Like Franco, Bruhan, untouchables. You ain't touching them. So they're not even on the table. Um, having said that, teams right now in the MLB are not really willing to spend a lot at the deadline trade future prospects. So who is going to step up around the league, you know, maybe, maybe a, a giants would trade for Scherzer and, and take a lot of the money on to, yeah. you know, they don't have a farm system though. Like the Rays, you know, the Rays could maybe package a, a depth versus star power deal. You know, historically speaking, I think about the Chapman trade where you got, you know, Glaber Torres for Chapman and it was a one for one right. uh, for someone of that ilk. So, you know, you would probably be looking at a Brendan McKay, or an Xavier Edwards, or, you know, uh, right. I would, I mean, I would try and do Taylor Walls and somebody, whatever it might be, um, you know, Taylor Walls and Brent Honeywell. That would, that would be my, my offer. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if the Nationals take that. I don't know what happens um, with, with the offers that come in for them. Having said that, I do not think that the Rays need to trade up, um, you know, a future all-star in their farm system to get Max. And we'll see. You know, if that's my, what the Nationals want, then it's a no. That's simple. my oh. issue. My issue is that I think you look at the MLB standings right now, and you've got about 15 to 17 teams that have a chance to make the playoffs. So I think it's just a competition game and who is willing to give the best offer. You look at in division. Um, I, I think the Blue Jays, if they need pitching, 
the the yeah. Red Sox, the Yankees. Th- those are teams that would, uh, I think, out offer the Rays. The the Rays make sure that they try not to uh, lose a trade deal in, okay. in a situation like that. Like the, so the Yankees, Yankees don't really have a farm system. Like they, they really cannot afford to give up prospects. The Mets, the Mets would love Scherzer, but it's inter, it's interdivision, and not to mention they don't have the prospects to give up for Max Scherzer. You know, a lot of these teams, you know, they they hoard their prospects. The Rays being at the top of that list, as right. they should. Um, you know, a team would have to be so confident that this is their year to make a deal like that. You know, you look at the White Sox. That might be a squad that would do it. I would have to look at their farm system again. But, um, you know, that's it's not about the teams that are trying to fight for a playoff spot like the Blue Jays, because like I'm not going to trade for Scherzer for a 50 50 shot at a rental. You got to look at the top five teams and be like, okay, these squads are probably all in the postseason. They all feel like they can win the World Series. Is this the move that can put us over the top? Uh, So, you know, and, and again, being, you know, being realistic, I, I know that it's probably not going to happen. Again, I still think it should be talked about. But I also do strongly believe, and, and we should hold, you know, the owners and GM accountable, that the players in that locker room deserve the best chance to win the World Series. And they just had their horse go down. So by the, I mean, Scherzer's injured right now. So this isn't anything that's going to happen soon. You know, by the deadline, if he's still injured, heck, trade him for peanuts. Well, I, I, I agree. That, I agree to the fact that the clubhouse needs kind of like a, a rah-rah moment and uh, maybe an acquisition like that w- would be would be fantastic, like a shot in the arm. Right. But Mike Ford but, is your big get. But they, but that's exactly my point. If you're a race fan, get off the Max Scherzer clouds and start coming down to reality where it's the Mike Fords that are going to be coming in in trades. Those are the types of move that the Rays are going to do. Unfortunately, I agree with you. A shot in the arm would be fantastic, but if you're a Rays fan, get ready to see a lot of uh, more Mike Ford type trades. Here's the Rays pitching acquisitions at the trade deadline. Chris Archer, Brent Honeywell, Luis Patino, Shane Boz, Brendan McKay, maybe if he comes back from injury. From within, I think, is mostly what it's going to be, but who knows? Uh, maybe the, the Rays think differently with that. Uh, real quickly, Evan, want to get your take on this. Uh, the MLB's sticky substance ruling, how they recently or are set to uh, put in a 10-game paid suspension and automatic ejection for pitchers caught with uh, these foreign substances. Also, umpires are going to frequently check pitchers for such substances. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt about uh, the league's decision to implement this basically right smack dab in the middle of the season. Yeah. Uh, Glass now, who is as thoughtful as a player as you're going to find when he speaks, just eviscerated the MLB, uh, eviscerated Major League Baseball, I should say. And when he says that you have to listen, it's obviously a concern around the league. It makes you wonder what's going to happen with other pitchers and if they're going to be more elbow concerns, shoulder concerns, we'll see. Um, who, who knows? It's going to take more time. Rich Hill um, obviously blames Major League Baseball, but also put some of the onus on the MLBPA uh, for not necessarily fighting hard enough to keep this away from, you know, being implemented midway through the season. It's a problem. And, Major League Baseball is just flying by the seat of their pants. 
you know, cowtailing to public perception, which is sort of where we are in the world right now in, in a mm-hmm. lot of instances. But, you know, player safety is important. This is a very nuanced topic, one that we would need an entire podcast to to really break down thoroughly and ex- explain all the different substances. But as far as what you need to know is rosin sometimes ain't cutting it. And rosin and sunscreen is just a gripper. It's not a major spin rate deal. It's not a major, uh, you know. Enhancer. From a, it doesn't enhance a middling, it. A middling player into an all-star. It's simply just grip. And there are spider tack, there's all the other stuff where I think players would have been totally fine just eliminating that from the game. There's a, but the you know MLB just really said anything. Uh, you know we're just going to make a blanket statement and say all this stuff is gone when they didn't do the requisite amount of research to talk with you know players and and coaches and and see like okay like what is actually you know relating to the spin rate what's the problem it's a reactionary decision it's terrible and you need more research. You just like, you need more time. You can't just be making moves like this in the middle of the season. And and, and the umpires all of a sudden have to be cops out there. I mean, like, yeah. what the hell do they know? Like, exactly. they don't know what they're looking for. They don't know what they're looking for. You yeah. haven't even like, well, you probably sent them a memo and pictures and it's like, hey, go, go out there, champ, figure it out. So it's just right. dumb. There's not a good plan. There's not a good plan at all. And, it, you know, as I said, Averages were down. I get it. It's a problem. It needs to be fixed. All the players, by the way, are on board with that. They're like, hey, I'm all for you getting this crap out of the game, but not now. Like, wait, right. wait until the end of the season. So at least there's an offseason for these players to transition from whatever has been widely accepted by the league to not. This isn't like steroids where it's a, something you're putting into your body to produce where you say well we can do a p test and then you know you're not changing your mechanisms of of playing the game the swing is still the same your body's different this and gripping the ball last now said he was choking the crap Mm -hmm. out of it because Mm -hmm. you know and he he firmly believed that choking the baseball and just squeezing it as hard as he could put too much pressure on his elbow and led to the injury and and it sucks it sucks not just for Rays fans who get the the biggest brunt of it but it sucks for Major League Baseball that a Cy Young candidate is now on the shelf for possibly a year and a half because, you know, what, yeah. uh, I, I don't want to put all of it on there. It, it's not proven that the injury wouldn't have happened without the, uh, the tinkering and substance in the, the ball, but uh, I'm sure it didn't help. It could have been, and it could be a career altering injury for Tyler Glass. Now, look, if, if they're so concerned about offense and so forth, just might as well just implement universal DH for the second half of the season as a quick fix, and then figure out how, what you're going to do with the baseball substance thing in the off season, or they look MLB right. is so reactionary and so short-sighted with mostly everything they do. It seems like, and, and I'm okay with tightening the rule, but again, in the middle of the season and without maybe the larger issue is standardization among baseballs, every yes. baseball home road, wherever you go, it shouldn't have this different feel and that you shouldn't have uh, opposing teams have the control over how they uh, deal with. They manage store. the baseballs. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So we'll see what uh, comes out with, all of that. Uh, investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner 
or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio, no manual trades, no picking stocks, no having to watch the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. Again, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB to get started today. If you're a Rays fan, you probably haven't been smiling that often for the last three days or so. For me, uh, the way that I can smile is to get some chocolate in me. So why don't you try it? So let's go to BuiltBar.com, people, and let's taste some of the nine flavors that they've got. Coconut, coconut almond, raspberry, mint brownie, my favorite, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. You've got it all, people. It's amazing. And guess what? Father's, Father's Day is coming up. So if you're a procrastinator in gifts, why don't you get your dad a box of Built Bars? They're delicious and they're healthy too. They've got 17 grams of protein, around 130 calories, four grams of net carbs, four grams of sugar. They are delicious. So don't forget, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get your 15% off your first order. So use promo code LOCKED15. 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Okay, uh, baseball trivia time. And Evan, please don't cry with this question. It does involve Jacob deGrom. So yeah. hold your tears back if you can. I, I'm going to cry. There's no promises. I told you this before. Sad pod, baby. Sad pod. I, I've, I've had a rough 24 hours. We'll see. Hey, his MRI is clean. We don't know what the heck is going on with him, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jacob deGrom is one of only two pitchers since 1913 with at least 90 strikeouts and fewer than five earned runs allowed in a nine-start span. Who is this other pitcher? Music? And... Uh, Strike one. I will give a hint. This guy is still active, but he has not pitched since 2019 due to injury. Baldo Jimenez. Strike two. Oh, it's not a Baldo? No. This guy is a skinny lefty. Man, I'm just throwing hints left and right here. I think Ulysses, Ulysses, you might know who it is. I do want to give Evan one more opportunity here. So he's active, but hasn't pitched in a while? Yeah, because of Tommy John surgery and recovery. And this guy is a stud. I mean, an absolute stud. Seven-time All-Star, World Series champion. It just goes to show you how soon we forget. Chris Sale is correct. Very good. How, how funny is that? We could be thinking, like, in two years, we could be thinking about, oh, yeah, Tyler Glass now. He was pretty good back in the day. But, like, we've totally forgotten about Chris Sale. And Chris Sale yeah. has a much, much better pedigree than Tyler Glass now does as far as that's concerned. Uh, By the way, a a Lakeland High School product also went to FGCU. Um, Following up on that, name that war. Chris Sale, what is his career war? Um, 
I will go with 30, 36.5. Okay. Uh, Ulysses? He's been in the league for eight years, I believe. And you have to think that six were just extraordinary. So what? He was a five-war pitcher for six seasons. That's 30. The seventh season, he was like a three. So 33 plus the horrible 2019. Maybe he was like a one-war pitcher. 34? Wow. Undershooting Chris Sale here. Evan is closer, 45 and a half. Wow. Which leads me to this question. He very well, if he comes back, and I think he's supposed to come back sometime this year, Mm -hmm. uh, if he continues to pitch somewhat like he has in the past, we could be talking about a Hall of Famer. Like, he's pretty getting there. I mean, what's the marker there for a pitcher? 60, 65, four to be in the conversation? And he's 32 years old. Yeah, there is there is a threshold to hit as far as war is concerned. I I think he would have to if he can come back from from injury and get up to sixty. I think he's he's got an argument. Uh, I would have to I'd have to look that out more. Um, I think pitchers' war is a is a little bit more difficult. Which so, so I think they have yeah. to be a little bit higher. Usually, sixty war is for position players. I believe pitchers have to rate higher than that if i'm not mistaken but i could starting pitchers relievers it's much lower but uh, i will say career numbers he's got a career 303 era 2007 strikeouts in 1629 innings pitched uh, 109 wins 73 losses he is one of 19 pitchers in baseball history to have a 300 strikeout season so uh, that's a marker uh, for him. Yeah, he's been pretty, pretty darn good uh, as far as his career goes. Uh, so there we go. That's the uh, trivia and name that war. Uh, Evan, you have anything for us or were you, uh, you too sad what? and depressed that, over Jacob deGrom? And and, uh, and and very quickly, because, you know, last week I, I proposed a question more than a, a trivia question. So, okay. I, you know, get, I think you can have fans uh, thinking a little bit. What is, and I don't want to use last year. I, w- I want to kind of dig into your memory banks, your favorite Rays memory. It, it could be Rays, historically speaking, your favorite Rays memory, or just for you personally, your favorite Rays memory. I think it's very easy to say game 162 if you're a Rays fan. So I won't say that just for the sake of argument. I'll pick something else. I think watching the Garza no-hitter, on TV, that was pretty cool because, you know, you, you always don't want to be the franchise that doesn't have a no-hitter. So uh, that was pretty cool. The Garza no-hitter. Recency bias, the Mike Brasso home run off of Raldis Chapman. You can't pick uh, 2020, he said. Yeah. Oh, go farther. Yeah. Oh, I wanna, crap. I'm going to leave the recency bias out of it. <laughs> Dang. Well, I'm not a good listener then. Man, I'm going to have to think about this one. Okay, here we go. Again, it wasn't like a huge impactful thing, but I think it was a mid-season game too where Carl Crawford stole six bases against the Red Sox. It was like, it was an ESPN broadcast game. I want to say what, 2008, 2009. So that's one that really sticks out to me recently. You know, the funny thing about that, the funny thing about that game is that he didn't know until he was asked uh, in post game that he just tied the record. Cause he said, if I knew I had just tied the record, I would have stolen another one. <laughs> yeah, man. Such a fun player to watch. So fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll have to pose that question 
on Twitter and get to some reaction. I did think I, my, my answer last week to your question, Evan was totally crap. Just, I was just uh, Toby Hall, like Gerald Williams, I feel like would have been more, <laughs> more apt. I, I really, but we had uh, somebody mentioned Quentin McCracken. I mean, there were some good, I, some I good mentions that. there for sure with that. So, uh, okay, Evan, I love you. I love you presenting these, these little things instead of an, yeah. an actual like trivia question, but just uh, memory bank stuff as far as that's concerned. So keep them coming. Um, where can people find your work? Yeah. Uh, hit me up on all my social media accounts, Twitter, Ekloski, WTSP. Um, again, we have everything covered on, on 1010bay.com rays, of course, but Buccaneers lightning hit us up, hit me up with questions and, uh, send me some emails, Ekloski at 1010bay.com. And, uh, 99.9% of the time I'm going to reach out and say what up back. Very good. Very good. Okay. That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Now, remember, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Today and Locked on MLB podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you next week.